Gus Warland, Jude Bolton and Wendell Saylor. This is the Triple M Rush Hour. Yeah, it's a rush hour for your Thursday afternoon and we have a massive show ahead with the huge proposed changes coming for collision sports in Australia on the back of some of the concussion stuff and the AIS. Simon Hill from Doha ahead of the Socceroos Asian Cup quarterfinal and also Greg Blewett will join us ahead of the one day against the Windies tomorrow. But... Everyone's getting tickets for the Powerball. Why, you wouldn't you, why wouldn't you get involved? $200 million, most ever in Australia in terms of uh, a lottery win. It eclipsed a $160 million draw that ended up being split three ways. I tell you what, guys, the thing that upsets me the most is when people say, ah, you'll never win that. But there's some stats to back that person up. <laughs> the odds of winning Division One Powerball are more than $134 million to one based on one single game entry. But what about this one? You are actually far more likely to die today before the end of the day than you are to win the lottery. (laughs) The unexpected death of someone today is more likely than you winning the 200 mil. Don't drop down on us, mate. But I think it's wonderful. You know what? It got us thinking, 200 million. What would you do with it? I'm in a syndicate with... Four other guys, so it's going to be split five ways. So we're walking away, like, 40 million each, okay, what would happen? No one that we love has a mortgage. The kids will be set up for life. It's generational money, and it's fun, isn't it, to talk about it? Dell, why does our mind immediately go to already spending it? Yeah, look, I think that's uh, the nature of the beast. You know, it's, it was my mindset when I was a lot younger, but now I'm a bit different now that I'm older and obviously got three kids and, and a grand, grandkid. Um, it's a bit different for me. Oh. i tell you what. If I win, it's going to be one of the all-time greatest parties of all time. And but you guys, are right here, right now, yeah. no mortgage anyone in this exactly. room. Open and check. Young Maddie, young Maddie, who presses all the buttons here, yeah. one of the nicest people on the planet. He's renting at the moment. Yeah. You won't be renting no more. Hey. You will own a flat We've that got... we will purchase for you, Maddie. <laughs> a flat? Get him, get him a house. Hey, hold on, mate. Mate. It's, only, it's only two hundred mil. <laughs> oh, oh, oh sorry, Nikki and J Dog, the yeah. producers outside, mate. Yes. Yeah, we're recording. You can this. get some supers. That well. is on record yeah. now. Yeah. Can I say this? Oh, okay. If I, so if I win forty million, oh, I've got to spend a couple yeah. on new clowns. Can I say this? All I'd want is Hugh Jackman to perform for me. Oh, that's he what, can do that. Yeah, he can do, come to Vegas. Yeah, perform <laughs> naked. Oh, 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 damn, big fella! Wow. Hey, what about this? I'd never heard about this before. If you do win the lotto, you don't get the money for two weeks. The reason that is is for the person that wins it. Mm. It gives you a chance to not rush your decision takes all the heat out of it, and they calmly, with a few counsellors, talk you through your options so you don't go and blow it. There's heaps of stories, Jude and Del, of people winning it (laughs) and blowing their money and winning it multiple times and blowing their day. (laughs) So, yeah. I've seen those. (laughs) I mean, you had some fun doing it, though. So much footy to get to. Read his mail. Yeah, if you want to know what's happening in the game of rugby league, Reedy knows all about it. The Blues, they're taking their first steps towards origin with a camp on Saturday. Lots of familiar faces, Reedy. First chance for Madge to get his hands on them and work his magic to beat you dirty, <laughs> dirty Maroons. <laughs> yeah, well, Gus, it's, it's, it's sort of setting the standards, I guess. I guess that Madge wants a new wild thing. This is the beginning of it. Um, there'll be lots of familiar faces, not too many surprise, surprises in that squad. It'll be around 35 players that come together. Um, and, you know, as I said, it's the first chance, chance for Madge to basically lay, lay down his expectations for this year, what he wants from his players, what, what they'll have to do to be in the team this year, um, and, and how he sees the series playing out. It sort of comes at an interesting time with Origin. I know we don't normally like talking about Origin in February, but... Cam Smith's obviously made the decision to step away from the Queensland team, which is pretty significant when you consider he and Billy were um, 
crucial in, in, in reviving Queensland's fortune. So Madge comes in at a time where you know, Queensland's in a little bit, little bit of flux, a little bit of a state of flux, and uh, this week, this camp, this weekend is going to be crucial for him because you know he's got to lay down these standards nice and early. And I think in the last couple of years, probably those standards have slipped a bit for New South Wales, and and he's got to repair it. Ready, mate? Look, obviously, you and I are proud Queenslanders, but you know what? It's going to be so hard to not like someone like Madge Maguire. And even, I reckon already, I'm not sure who's told me, but I'm pretty sure he gave Jack White a call to say, mate, I want you involved. And for him to come out of, like, obviously, retirement, um, mate, you want the best players playing the game, and he's a perfect, uh, you know, 14 for uh, origin. So, mate, Madge is making all the right steps. I hope he follows his own process. Yeah, and look, obviously, Jack won't be at that, he won't be at the camp this weekend, but he has... As I understand it, said, look, if if I'm in calculations and, and you want me, then I'll give it some serious thought. And it shows the depth in New South Wales that Jack's not a walk-up star. I mean, mm. you know, he's the sort of player I reckon never let New South Wales down. Sort of bloke we always say would always be in a Queensland team because, uh, you know, in Queensland we we select a bit differently than New South Wales. So um, interesting that he's made himself available. And as I said, it's a new era, right? So, mm. you know, he's a guy who's rethunk a decision that he made. Uh, this year not to play and you know I'm sure Madge will be looking at some fresh faces as well so there's some there's some interesting guys uh, who will be there this weekend but a lot of them will be the familiar guys the guys that have been around the side for a while now and and who basically lay the I guess set the standards in the last few years for, for how that team plays and how they want to be seen. Brady what about the update on Jason Taumalolo and the, the Cowboys? Yeah. Well they're not happy up there because we, we, we had a podcast this week me and Michael Chama spoke a bit about uh, Jason Tomalolo with Triple M, the podcast was obviously, um, and we and I look, I came out and said, look, if I'm the Dragons or the Bulldogs, I'm asking the question of the Cowboys to see whether they consider Jason letting Jason Tomalolo leave that contract early. He's got three years after this year on a big deal. It's worth about nine hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Wow. Um, the captaincy taken off him up there, and I'm told that the Cowboys weren't overly happy with that discussion that Mick and I had. That. You know, Jason's still part of their plans and very much part of that club. So, um, obviously, no one's asked the question as yet. Mm. And, and uh, at the moment, the Cowboys are, are saying all the right things. They want Jason there and, and they still see him as a fundamental part of that footy club. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, see what happens if one of those clubs presses the go button and decides to ask the question. But at the moment, there's nothing really happening and Jason will be part of the Cowboys for the foreseeable future. Ready? this could go two ways because I'm a big fan of Jason Tamalolo. Yeah. But- I knew when he signed that deal, it's a good deal. And I reckon that they it was a good each-way um, deal. But hopefully yeah. he stays, you know, because um, when you think of Cowboys, you think of Thurston, you think of, obviously, Matty Bowen and Jason Tamalolo. So, um, anyway. I reckon uh, it's a big year for him, Dell. I don't know whether you agree. But, I mean, yep. his last couple of years, years yep. haven't been – he hasn't been the Jason Tamalolo no. we remember and from years gone by. So, it's a huge year for him. You know, they take the captaincy away. Um, you know, he's playing less minutes now. It's a massive year for him up there. Mate, let's just talk about this. One of the greatest coaches of all time in any era, <laughs> Wayne Bennett and the Kiwis. Like, you know, yeah. we love Wayne. He's thrown his hat yeah. into the ring for this. He's obviously coached England, obviously Australia. Mate, what's yeah. happening here? Like, oh, I'd like to see Kiwi do it, but, like, does, does mm. Wayne want the job or what? Well, he obviously does because he's thrown his hat in the ring, and I reckon, yeah, it's pretty logical. If Wayne Bennett throws his hat in the ring and wants the gig, you'd probably give it to him. So I know they're saying they're going to go through all the uh, mm. the process and all the interviews and all that sort of stuff, but fair income. <laughs> the New Zealand Rugby League, it's, it's Wayne done. Bennett. 
You reckon yeah. it's done? You reckon, Gus, you reckon it's done? Oh, it's done. I, I mean, why wouldn't you? I don't reckon it's done. I reckon yeah. I reckon, oh, I reckon. one of the Kiwis might get him. I could be wrong. I'm happy to say I'm wrong. Yeah, I, really, reckon, but... I reckon they're mixing it around and saying all that stuff because Kiwis yeah. would on a Kiwi, but they. Okay. why well, would you say Stacey, no way? But why yeah. would you? Mate, yeah, Stacey Jones or Nathan Close, I don't think they need but to they go and play They haven't done anything, have they? No, but this is their chance now on the back of match. You don't give a chance to a team that's just knocked off Australia. You go for the throat. Thanks for joining us, Reedy. <laughs> no worries, guys. Thanks, mate. See you in Vegas, Reedy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Half of the population of adults in Australia will be buying a ticket for the Powerball tonight, and we've just it's got us thinking about, you know, what are those big jackpots did you or someone else win? Yeah. Ever, I've won absolutely diddly score. You know what? I, I've won little bits and bobs. Like yeah. I'm in a I'm in a um, you know a group of five of us that that every single week spend about between sort of fifty bucks and sixty bucks on various things, and we love it. And we get when we talk. And go for walks and stuff. We talk about, you know, how we can help everyone. If we win it, how much fun we'd have, whether we'd work or not, all that sort of stuff. But one, when you mentioned this to us, um, Jude, reminded me of this guy. And this is a little bit of audio from a current affair. What the bloke was doing was he'd won $250,000. So they said, let's go down and we will photograph you and film you just getting another ticket and just scrubbing it off. And we'll a bit of a scratchy. Bit of a scratchy. Let's see what happened. I just won 250,000. I'm not joking. I just won 250,000. Oh, oh, thanks. 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 Oh, but there you go. I mean, he was there setting up yeah. to show that he'd won 250 and he won it against certain people. Obviously, get the luck. You know, any big jackpots around you? Not really, not not of that magnitude. But um, you know, I remember my, my wife. Uh, we were at a charity function. We you know bought some tickets and we won like, won like five or seven and a half grand. And wow. I think it was my what? ticket. Yeah, in so, cash. Yeah, and and Tara stands up. He goes, "Yeah, we're donating it back because it was a young bloke, Kurt, Kurt Drysdale, oh. in a wheelchair." So. Yeah, but you got it. But I, 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 so I, yeah, babe. I want to take. I want to take half. <laughs> yeah, go 50 50 yeah. Yeah. You bought your ticket. You turned up. Wait, she was up and out of time. She was up and out. Don't it, worry. Yeah. They got you for life at the SCG. Yeah. My mate won that. Like, there's a charity raffle. Yeah. And half goes to charity, and half goes to whoever got the winning tickets. Sure. My mate Marcos, which you've met, Mad yeah, Bronco. Champion. I think it was twelve thousand something. Yeah. Anyway, six thousand one hundred something. Yeah. And he, and he kept it. <laughs> half went to charity and half went somewhere else. <laughs> well, give us a call now, one triple three five three. What big jackpot did you or someone else win? We want the big Have ones. you like, won the lotto? Like, have you won a big lotto? Not, not 500 bucks. Yeah, yeah, have no. you won Talk big, a mil? No. <laughs> well. Half a mil. You reckon Anything. someone? Anything. Mate, like, our listeners are legends. They they what big jackpot did you or someone else win? Tony's giving us a call. G'day, Tone. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Yourself? Very good. How much you win? I won 200 grand. Oh, wow. Now, how long ago and how did you find out about it? Tell us the moment, brother. Uh, it was about uh, 14 months ago. <laughs> I bought the ticket. My wife was having day surgery. Oh, wow. So I thought I'll just go buy a newspaper. The $5 lottery was up to uh, $61 million, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'll just buy one ticket. So I bought the ticket, had it in my wallet. Every time I went to go check it, oh, I couldn't be bothered. Too many people lined up. When to buy my wife an anniversary and birthday present, I thought I'll check it this time while I'm in there buying her a card. Check behind the counter, she goes, I can't pay this out. 
What's oh. what do you mean you can't pay it out? She goes, it's too large. I can't, it won't let me pay it out. Oh. So I think, you know, <laughs> a couple of grand or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so I picked out a card. She goes, um, I've managed to uh, find out what you won. You won first prize, 200 grand. Oh, that's, magnificent. That's oh, Tony. Happy, happy days, mate. Very oh, good. Nicely done. I had it in my wallet for six months. I didn't check the ticket for six <laughs> hey, months. Hey, Tony, can I ask you this? You know they say happy wife, happy life? Was she pretty happy? Yeah, she was happy. She was too happy that I went and bought myself a brand new Navara, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's, just, that's the way it rolls. Yeah. Let's go to Brendan. How are you, Brendan? <laughs> Good things, guys. How are you? Really Good, well, mate. mate. What big jackpot did you or someone else win? Uh, well, it was a friend of mine. Yep. Um, it was for the Father's Day lotto, mm. which, you know, they used to advertise very heavily, yeah. and it was for 2.4. So she just went into the news agent and bought, because they've got big families, yeah. she just bought two tickets with the same numbers. Mm. And you wouldn't believe it. These two guys, her father and father-in-law, shared the, the major jackpot. Oh, two winners on the night, 1. and it was from the one same family. One point two mil each. Oh, oh. Wow. And they live out at Oakville, out your way. Oh, Perfect. Well, let's go to Sharon there. Hey, Sharon, how are you going? Hey, guys. What what jackpot or uh, did you win? Oh, it wasn't me. It was actually my brother. Yeah. Um, and it was a syndicate with um, eight of his workmates. Mm-hmm. And so there was nine of them, and they won $10 million in the Oslotto. Oh, so just over a million bucks That's each. That's a nice little yeah. win. Yeah, yeah. And, and to do it with your mates as well. Yeah. I mean, that's just, he must have been just so happy, Shaz. Oh, he was. He was. And the thing is, to this day, that happened about six years ago. They still put in um, and get a syndicate ticket. Like, oh, stuck it around yeah. together. You never that's know. Great. Well, they yeah. say if you win it once, you can win it twice. Yeah. So why wouldn't yeah. you? Let's finish it off with Corey in North Narrabeen. Now, right, Corey. Well, uh, Jude, how about yourself? Yeah, how are going you guys? well, mate. What big jackpot did you or one of your mates win? Uh, it was my father. So in 1997, around the time, uh, from vague memory, there was there was it was the first of the big, you know, ten or twelve million dollar yeah. jackpot. Mm. So he was at a conference with uh, uh, senior execs of a, of a company, yeah. and they all chipped. There was 25 of them. They all chipped in 50 bucks uh, for a ticket each, and so they uh, they had a syndicate of 1250 dollar ticket. Um, they won. Well, the, uh, that was a $12 million draw. Normally, there was only like one winner at the time. I was playing footy the next morning, and my mum come in, and she's a bit excited. Your old man could have won, or he's won the lotto. And I said, well, how many is in it, Ray? I said, well, geez, just so you know, that could be 500 grand each. Oh. Anyway, turns out there was 12 other winners. So uh, these guys had to share 1.25 in 1997, so they all picked up 60 grand. He then decided he'd bet it again on some dodgy stock and lost a lot. Oh, oh no, 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 Corey, no. Mate, you got to do better, Corey. <laughs> Corey's dad. Yeah, dad, yeah. Wow. Oh. Don't do that. Don't do that. Nothing Lessons into 60 Corey. Oh. into nothing. Oh. That's 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 a, that's, that's mate, gutted me. Oh, that's, oh, that segment was good until then, mate. You have to do better. <laughs> you have to oh, do better. I'm, I'm out of this. Yeah. i tell you what. <laughs> Wendell's out. Time now to do this with Greg Blewett. A Triple M Rush Hour. Cricket Update. Yeah, good to have you on the line, Bluey. Love the Test Series against the Windies. Congratulations to them for sharing it one all. Before we get on to the one day, how good was that being in the box when the Windies won? It was good. Um, I mean, I was 
you know, being an ex-Australian cricketer, I would love for us to got over the line in a tight one and, and maybe even Stephen Smith to get 100. But it was hard not to get caught up in all the emotion um, with, you know, Shamar Joseph was absolutely <laughs> supreme. Didn't think he was going to bowl. And then he, you know, bowled 10 overs straight and then knocked us over, really, single-handedly. Took seven for. Um, so it was brilliant to see. And, and Probably just as good was to see the reaction of some of the West Indian past greats that were yep. there working in the media and see the raw emotion. It's been a tough time for West Indian cricket, so hmm. um, it was hard not to get caught up, as I said. Mate, it's quite refreshing, uh, Bluey, and obviously you've played a lot of those celebrity uh, cricket matches and obviously Carl Hooper, people don't know this, but Carl Hooper actually lives in Adelaide and he's married to an Australian woman, mm. but even him coming out is part of the, part of the coaching staff. But isn't it refreshing to see the young swagger of the West Indians? Because back in the 80s and 90s and that, that's what we gravitated towards. Yeah. You know, Viv Richards, you know, uh, Larry Games and all these guys, you know, big Joel Garner. Absolutely, Wendell. Um, couldn't have said it better myself. I grew up with uh, a dominant West Indian team and uh, they were, you know, they were athletic and they were, you know, you could see that they love their cricket. I reckon that's been really missing the last sort of 15 years since mainly because of T20 cricket, a lot of their good mm. players um, choose the, the T20 circuit. But it was just great to see a West Indian, a young West Indian side that really wanted to play test match cricket. Um, and, you know, the celebrations and just that, that real enthusiasm for the game again. And when they got a little sniff, you know, they'd take a great catch and, you know, they run around, the, whether yeah. it was the Adelaide Oval or <laughs> or the, the Gabba up there. It was so yeah. good to see. The somersault, how good, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was great. Yeah. What about the Bison? I mean, the runaway winner in the Allen Border medal, Mitch Marsh, he's had an incredible year. Jeez, he romped it in yeah. as well, didn't he? I, I was mean, surprised by such a big win. No, I didn't pick it. No, we didn't pick it. No, but you didn't pick it either. No. Nah. I was sort of thinking, um, you know, Pat Cummins because he's, you know, ICC Player of the Year. Um and he's, he's always good. But um, obviously, Mitchell Marsh has had a fantastic 12 months. But um, I thought it'd be just a, a close sort of count. But he was, he was great. Um, and his speech is, was brilliant yeah. as well. It's, not, it's hard <laughs> not to like Mitch Marsh. Um, so, you know, spoke from the heart, got a little bit emotional at times and threw in a couple of gags as well. So, um, no, very happy for him. What about the ODI? Obviously, uh, Australia West Indies tomorrow at the MCG from 2.30 on Triple M Cricket. I mean, just the, the eye for the future, I guess, from Andrew McDonald is a couple of fresh faces. Yeah, we touched on the West Indies having, you know, some, some new faces, but it's also good good time to sort of um, regenerate our ODI stocks as well. Of course, the, the World Cup's just been and gone, which we won. And, um, yeah, just to look forward to some new talent like Aaron Hardy, who I just mm. love. Um, looks like Inglis has got his get his chance up the top of the order. I'd actually go for Matt Short. Like, yeah. I, I think he deserves probably three games up the top of the order. Uh, Will Sutherland, these sort of guys, Xavier Bartlett, um, and Fraser McGurk will get a game somewhere along the line oh, as well. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, I can't believe Spencer Johnson's not playing, though. Yeah. Um, I thought he was sensational during the Big Bash. I hope the reason is because they want to get some maybe some shield cricket into him. But um, that should be should be a, a good watch, the three ODIs. Hey, Blue, um, Gussie did pick it. He said Ash Gardner yesterday for the women's. Yep. And, uh, but I've got to say, at least Perry, like – you know, she, she's playing outstanding. She looked outstanding. The girls are setting a really good standard uh, for, for uh, women's sport, a oh, sport in general, of, yeah. Yeah, one of our great teams, Wendell. Like, they just win everything. Um, great ambassadors for the game. And um, Ash Gardner, she's a dead-set superstar. She yeah. really is. Like, I, I watch her play and 
Um, just the way she moves, her spin bowling, her fielding, her batting, she just does it all. Um, and Elise Perry, as oh. you said, is sort of – um, probably paved the way for a, a lot of the young girls coming through now. So they are, they are fantastic. Well, Blue, we appreciate you jumping on the rush hour this afternoon, mate. Always a pleasure, guys, anytime. Good fantastic, on you, Blue. Take care, brother. Fair Enjoy legends. the golf, mate. So much to talk around concussion, Gussie. Yeah, some new concussion protocols, Jude, that the Australian Institute of Sport is urging national sporting bodies to approve and um, all around recreational sports, so under sixes all the way up. One thing that has been said is the AFL, the NRL and, rug- and rugby, cricket and the Football Federation have not endorsed these changes so far. They want to have a look at a little bit more than come up with their own stuff. But, Jude, can you give us sort of the key recommendations? Yeah, so for returning to competition in grassroots sport, they include at least 14 days symptom-free before return to contact collision training, a minimum period of 21 days after a concussion before the resumption of competitive contact collision sport, extended rest periods for anyone who suffers multiple concussions and the uh, the appointment of a concussion officer, you know, similar to a a fire warden um, for community and school sports. So big changes recommended that uh, have been urged by the Australian Institute of Sport for for all our national bodies. Can I ask you boys, I mean, you've both been knocked out in your time. You've got basically your Robocop in terms Mm. of your left side of your face. Mm. Del, you were knocked out multiple times in AFL, the way you played the game. Jude, Jude, you're on record saying you're going to give your brain to the Brain Institute down there in Melbourne. The Brain brain Bank. Bank. You're going to do the same. You haven't absolutely locked that no, in, no, Del? No, I'll do it. I mean, I don't care. When I'm dead, I don't care. Like, like I have my body. This Okay. It'll be, it'll be very well used, but yeah. So, yeah, you're, you're coming in hot. Yeah. Um, when, it, when it comes to these recommendations, you guys read it. You've lived and breathed this game, your various games. Good, bad, indifferent, question mark? I think it's great to see that they're taking it seriously. I think, um, you know, there's been such a shift across – uh, the the time and, and my certainly my time in sport where it wasn't taken seriously years and years ago and and then slowly but surely you're seeing all the stuff that's coming out of the states as well with the mm. CTE and the like and there's been incidents in a, in Australian sport as well so it's just great to see them taking it seriously and now it's upon the sports to just to judge well what is makes sense for us and and how to how are we leading in in society as well to make sure mums and dads encourage their kids into contact sport. I don't want to take any of the physicality away from our sporting athletes and our sporting bodies. Mm. Yeah, for it's, me, a t- it's a tough balance, though. So you, you don't it want is. that, but you don't want the changes in the it's physicality. Hard. I don't know if that can actually happen. But for me, like, society's changed and so are the rules, uh, you know, with concussion and, you know, we all see all this CT. But, like, you know, I've got three kids who played sport, two boys and obviously a daughter. Um, if, if we need to protect our kids, um, and when we're younger, mate, when you went down injured, like your dad used to go, come on, get up. It, it's a badge of honour. You know, it's mm. a toughness. Now it's changed. If we've got the, um, I suppose, the medical backing and obviously, you know, we've got the doctors that, that give us the, those uh, the best thing for us long term, we have to go with that because we want to protect our kids and protect the future. I understand that. I get yeah. that. But are you happy then when the game becomes a little less physical, not quite as combative? Because yeah. a lot of people are saying, well, you know, you sign up for rugby league. Let's right. say rugby league. You know that you are more likely to get hurt than other sports. So if you sign up for it, that sort of goes with the territory. And I, I think I'm a little bit in with there. I think but just the fact that there should be separation between the elite level sport and community sport. We, right. want, we want kids active. We want them out and... And these sporting clubs and being a part of it, just make it a, a really safe environment, but get them involved in these clubs. It's just a, a no better better opportunity to sort of grow and be a part of the community. Would you guys change anything? I'd 
if you had gave me the opportunity to go straight back in there and replay my career and I had multiple concussions, I think I had six major concussions, I'd do it all again. Like that's the the nature of the beast. You're so excited about getting out and competing. Yeah. But I know by the end of my career, I was certainly wary of, oh, hang on, that's that's an opportunity to go back and run back with the flight. Well, I'd maybe think a bit, think twice about that. I know myself, I think I had two concussions and one was a fractured eye socket. One, Lockie, great Queenslander, knocked me out with his hip and I was out for two minutes. And as I said before, that was hard. When I went back, I didn't know where I was and I looked back at the vision and my leg was my leg was flickering, and but then I missed the next origin, and then I, then on the third origin I was back for it, and it's just the way it was back then. But if we can protect our elite athletes, whether guys or girls, because even some of the girls now, that NRLW, oh, the mate. rugby sevens, mate, their technique, they're strong, they're fast, and that's the thing too. The game's changed so much now because a lot of these kids coming at thirteen and fourteen with scholarships and contracts. And, you know, even like you know, James Graham was talking about. Exactly. Jimmy Graham's been, uh, he's applauded this sort of push from the AAS to say there has well, been he's changed his tune. Because he, he said many, many times saying, I played the game, that's the way it is, wouldn't change anything. If I die early, I die early. He's one person that's gone right back the other way. So when you've got people like that talking about it, mm. I think we should take yeah. it seriously. See, so. Gordon tell us, Gordon tell us, he's the other way. He just goes, it is what it is. I knew what I was getting into. But I'm a bit, I'm a bit both ways now. Mm. I knew the same thing. But, mate, do you love the spectacle of that of that aggression like oh. in origin? On you, coming off the back fence, mate. mate, seeing stars in the first touch, you just go, it is what it is. As a fan, that's absolutely what I want to do. But I also, I'm a father mm. and, you know, I'm friends with people that play these elite mm. sports and I don't want them to be to be sure. sick, but I don't know if you can, can have both. Yeah, I understand. Tell you what, lads, there's been a procession of sporting mm. legends at a local pub. Made us really think about this, Jude. Um, Aussie sporting great spotted at a Sydney pub over there in Bondi Junction. I think the Nelson, uh, I think it is. The Daily Telegraph saw unusual gatherings of many sporting greats. They mentioned Aloisi, Volkanovski, Ash Barty, Damien Oliver all turning up after lunch and a whole lot of other people. I heard an ex-Swanee was there. I, I've heard on the grapevine even a, but the great Buddy Franklin was in town. So I don't know what's going well, on. Well, around the pub there was a TV production crew, all the gear. It's pretty hard to hide that. And when the Daily Telegraph went up to them and said, what's going on, they were very tight-lipped. Now, someone mentioned someone that looked a lot like someone in this studio. And it's not me or it's not you, Jude. So... Yeah. I, I heard, He's very tight-lipped. I heard Buddy Franklin was there. That's what I heard. One of my mates, he has coffee around there, and I heard Buddy was there. Mate, what a great what a great opportunity for someone like Buddy, one of the great iconic Australians. Can't wait to see where this mm. released. Yeah. So what is it? What is it? You can't anything, you, anything you can tell mate, us? What sort of pub is it? I don't know. What pub are about? The Nelson in um, Bondi Junction? i tell you what, I had, a, I had a mad Monday there oh, at the Nelson. Yeah. It was. I got no it doubt. A, it was a great lock-in. It was um, a great lock-in. Yeah. Some are similar looking to you, Del, was in this pub in this situation. What <laughs> oh, happened? Oh, well, there's only one, Del, mate. I've been busy all week, mate, so, yeah, I don't know. But yeah. I, I wish – I'd love to be involved, but what I like about this, <laughs> the iconic Australians, Volkanovski, but Ash Barty, our Aussie Ash. How good? Yeah, a little oh, bit Ash. selfish, Ash. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, don't why? you reckon? What? No. Just looking after herself. Not no. retiring, just she's, when we're going to have three years of her dominating women's tennis, a little she, selfish. She's an icon, yeah. absolute she icon. Is. We love you, Ash. It's the Rush Hour on Triple M with Gus, Jude and Wendell and so much sport to get to. It's the Rush Hours Sports All In. It's the Rush Hours Sports All In. It's the Rush Hours Sports All In. Please don't make me say it again. 
Yeah, like you said, Jude, so much sport to get through. Matt Ballon set to replace Cameron Smith as the Maroons' assistant coach after Smith announced on uh, last night that he's going to be stepping down. I mean, this is not going to be too disruptive for the Queenslanders, will it, mate? Oh, it'll be a little bit disruptive, I think. Um, You're in crisis? No, we're well, not in crisis, but Cam Smith, you know, he's one of the greats of the game. When you think about the greats of the game, you think of Joey and Wally Lewis, and he's certainly in that in that chat. Uh, but Matt Ballon, for me, he's, as a coach, he's been very good. You know, he's come mm. through that system. Also, uh, terrific bloke. Champion mm. bloke. Uh, he's at the Broncos, obviously. He works with my young bloke, and um, I like Matt Ballon. He will um, he will do a good job then. You know, you've got Thurston, Nate Miles, Josh Hannay. So mm. I, I'm not sure why Camp Smith stepped away. It's but Billy's team, though. He's got, he's got a lot of commitments, and you've got Billy Slater. It is Billy Slater's team. And yeah, we're he's, sweet. Got a, he's got a good squad of old. Yeah. there that can help. What about Luke Brooks said uh, of his exit from the West Tigers? Once I did make the decision, it sort of felt like a weight off my shoulders. You can understand that. Yeah, the thing is with Luke Brooks, mate, he's a, he's a, a nice young man and I watched him come through those juniors and I remember Lodi Kiri talking about him saying, this Luke Brooks, he's going to be the next Joey Johns. So the pressure was on him right then. So when he got the big money and he didn't quite, you know, they didn't quite aim up, it was all his fault. So when they'd win, yeah, well done, Brooksy. When they'd lose, it was Brooksy's fault. So mm. now, in the last, no, probably the last three or four years of his career, he can go under DCE and just go there and play some football. I think it's a good buy for the Seagulls. Now, Gussie, Mitch Marsh wins the Allen Border medal last night and Ash Gardner wins the Belinda Clark Award. Yeah, Gardner, you could totally understand. I was a little bit surprised by Mitch Marsh, but when you went through the the the, the points, he's played in all three formats. Yep. He's played well in all three formats. and Made a few uh, 90s, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. He did. and, and some really wonderful innings just when we needed it in Australia in all forms. So you can understand why. For me, it was just... Pat Cummins' year, like mm. being a leader, winning everything he possibly could win. He was the main man. And, of course, in the ICC awards, Cummins won it. Kawaja won Test Player. So, but in the end, wonderful speech as well. He spoke, He's a much-loved character. Well, he is, mate. You think about five years ago, Mitch Marsh <laughs> and his brother, Sean Marsh, it was like, I'll just chuck any Marsh in there and, and they'll just do enough to stay in the team. Now Mitch Marsh has got that spot exactly where he feels comfortable. They love him. He's a real character. And congratulations. You win the Yellow Border Medal. It's a real deal. You look at you know, the people that won it before, oh. they are proper, proper cricketers. Boys, can I tell you, I went on this trip to uh, up the Tiwi Islands and do some Indigenous stuff with Matty Hayden and that mm. and Justin Langer. And Justin Langer, when he was coaching, he asked me when Mitch was going through a tough time how to get someone like him back on track because, you know, the boys and he likes a good time, likes a beer. Not sure why he asked me, but <laughs> yeah. no, but no, but <laughs> like, point. no, but the thing is, I, I knew what Justin Langer was trying to do, so some credit to him too. Did mm. you give him any good advice? Yeah, me? I just told him it's who you hang around and like. Were you yeah. trying to claim the Allen Border medal? No, no, but I'm just saying it's good that like he's turned his career around because he was gone like six, seven years ago. Mm. Now, Ange Postacoglu has got yeah. Tottenham going. They've moved back into the Premier League's top four and bolstered its Champions League's hope with a 3 2 comeback. Over Brentford. Exactly. Brentford took the lead in this game and he plays such a wonderful style. Um, and the Tottenham sort of fans are happy with that because it's exciting. But they didn't expect to be one down against Brentford. But in the end, they got the job done. A lot of players that weren't getting a go before Ange are now getting a goal uh, and now getting these opportunities. So they're into the top four with Aston Villa's loss. So Champions League football, if he got that, Top four for Tottenham would be terrific. Can't win a, a trophy. He's out of everything except um, the Premier League. And you think the Premier League's going to go to Man City or Liverpool. But mm. so far, so good for Ange. Yes. Something has done across, come across my <laughs> what desk. What has come across your One desk? in five people admit to snacking while being on the toilet. Snacking? Mm-hmm. That's what disgusting. What do you mean, like taking food to the toilet? Taking food to the toilet. Mate. Taking food to the toilet and eating it as you're on the loo. That's now, 
I don't think I've done that. Maybe I'm finishing something off in my mouth, in my hand before I start the toilet. I certainly like to have a beer in the shower. Yeah, no. I certainly... That's that's different to... Yeah. I like to nude up. Yep. Get myself all sort of, you know, do my number two. Sometimes stay on the loo long enough for you to have another number two. Read the paper on a Sunday with a sports section. No, I love it hurts that your lower back if you got the paper for too long. Yeah, yeah. Well, two thousand people surveyed. A fifth enjoy eating while taking a bath. A fifth admitted to picking up a piece of food out of the garbage. Disgusting. The most common snack problems are in bed while driving or on the stairs. Yeah, on the stairs. Yeah, what's going on there? But what about the eighteen percent of the poll admitting to snacking on the toilet? That's, That's where we want to focus in yeah. on. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. I, t- I tell you, I can understand. Like people on their phones, I, I don't take my phone, but I know people mightn't believe me, but actually that's, I leave my phone outside, but I like to go on there and enjoy it. This is at home yeah. and just get nude and just relax and just like really just think about life and sort of, yeah, and then and do what I've got to do, do my business. You seriously I'm don't guilty, take your, I'm guilty of the phone, taking no, the phone. No, like. I'll, and then, and then I like to go and have a shower. It, one goes with the other one. So, yeah. so wipe and shower. Yeah, I don't wipe, straight shower. What? Yeah. Oh. Why not? Because it's, it's just a waste you're of toilet dis- paper. You're, you're leaving feces in there for your wife to stand on. And <laughs> okay, that, right? okay. People are driving home, <laughs> sorry, mate. Sorry, sorry. Is, yeah. Come on, mate. Sorry, mate. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> you don't eat on the toilet? No, I don't take snacks to the oh, toilet, oh, mate. Oh, mate. Oh. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing on the toilet, mate. Oh, please. Seriously. <laughs> but get involved. We are going to give away four tickets to Matchbox 20. Uh, one triple three five three. What is the topic? What do you do on the toilet? <laughs> Disgusting, you blokes. Disgusting. Right. He, he's been thrown with that. Oh, do you go nude God. on the toilet? What, what do you do? Uh, if I'm going to the shower, I would, yeah. But I'd still do. wipe. Oh. Yeah, you, you got to wipe, Get involved mate. in the show. Oh, yeah. Lift the standard for us, please. Yeah. yeah, let's go to Parramatta. Speak to Mick. Mick, do you eat on the loo? G'day, boys. Uh, Gus, I'd just like to say love your work, mate. Thank you. You, you made me look at life differently. Thank you. Um, Anyway, um, when I was about 17, me and my sister used to work together. Mm-hmm. And before we'd get on the bus early in the morning, I'd um, have to do a number two. So I thought I'd make good time of it and um, have my wee at the same time. Um, <laughs> one morning she walked in uh, accidentally and that was the end of it, mate. She absolutely lost it. <laughs> Nick, Did... can't you just get up a little bit earlier and have your, <laughs> exactly. your cereal a little bit earlier and then get oh, up? The... Turn it up, Jude. Come on, mate. Man, <laughs> get up That's right. You're a like typical AFL player, mate. Oh, please. <laughs> good on you, Mick. Let's go to Janet in Hornsby. How are you, Janet? <laughs> good, good. Uh, what do you do on the toilet then? I've been known to brush my teeth and pluck my eyebrows because I'm a multitasking mother. Yes, exactly. You've got no time to do those things individually, uh, Janet. I can absolutely see that. Well, Mick was a young boy. He's learning as he's going along. What about here? Let's go to Mark from Engelburn. Mark, come on, mate. Um, What are you doing on the toilet, mate? No, see, mate, he's a carpenter. Every morning at 7 o'clock, he sits on the toilet and does number two and has a barocca, can of tuna and kidney beans religiously. And um, it doesn't it doesn't help during the day when he's on the ladder because he doesn't wear any undies. He has an old pair of footy shorts on too. Oh. He doesn't wear undies. Horrible. He takes a whole like a, a oh, barocca, God. a can of tuna, and kidney beans to the toilet. Yeah. yeah, it's his routine. It helps him during the day. Apparently, I don't know, but it could wear undies during the day too. That helps, you know. Yeah, there's make, there's, like, there's all, there's all our trades. <laughs> There's two faux pas here, Mark, with your bloke. Yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, the fact that he's got the beans and the and the tuna and all that sort of stuff, the broccoli I can sort of cope with. 
But then not wearing your undies, wearing the old footy shorts. Oh, that's you. Looking up, oh, that's you. Yeah. The looking up, yeah. looking up the old ladder at the tackle. Hey, the Broncos ones as well, which makes it bad. Oh, oh that's, that's okay then. That's fine, mate. I'm all that with that. Disgusting. Yeah, it's all right, but you know, standing down the ladder is pretty hard. Tell you oh, what, that's it's HR issue right there, boys. There's a lot of calls about yes. this. Mm, a lot of calls we couldn't hey. put to air. And you'll we'll, still we'll give one of them the Matchbox 20, mm. don't worry. Oh, exactly. Our Matchbox 20 tickets, weren't they? Four of them. The Kudos Bank Arena. Absolutely. And the Socceroos are into the Asian Cup quarterfinals. Open wide for some soccer! The World Cup for Israel! Australia Yes, and the voice of soccer in Australia, Simon Hill's on the line with us. G'day, Simon. How are you, mate? Morning, guys. Very good. How are you? Mate, we're fantastic. We've done it really well. Got South Korea in the quarters uh, early Saturday morning. How do you think the boys will go? Uh, it's a difficult one. Uh, it's their biggest test so far at this Asian Cup. Uh, South Korea have not been in the greatest form uh, in the lead-up to this game, but they've got some terrific players. Uh, Son Hyung min as we know from the English Premier League, uh, he plays with Antipas Koglu at Spurs. He's won. Lee Kang-in plays at Paris Saint-Germain. Kim Min-jae is at Bayern Munich. Uh, they've got a host of stars. So uh, this, this is a really, really tough game. And, uh, yeah, it's 50-50, I, I, I guess, to get into the semi semi-finals. Simon, you're in Doha at the moment. Who's been the biggest standout during the Asian Cup in your eyes for the Socceroos? That's a really good question. I would, I would guess that Jackson Irvine has been, you know, the go-to player in a tournament where they've they've not necessarily hit top formers yet. The results have been good, uh, but the performances generally uh, have probably not, you know, caught the eye as yet. So I would say that Jackson Irvine, with his goals his work rate, his link-up play, his sheer personality off the field as well. Yes. I must uh, must say that. Uh, he's probably been the standout. There's been some, you know, decent supporting acts. Uh, Martin Boyle, particularly in the last couple of games. Uh, and the defence in general has been solid. But uh, if you're looking for that one individual, yeah, I'd, I'd say Jackson at the moment. Mm-hmm. Mate, I want to ask, um, what do you think Arnold will make, make any changes to, um, to his squad um, next Saturday? Uh, well, he can't make changes to his squad because they're set. But the, the team, uh, yeah, it's, it's entirely possible. I think he's, you know, he's probably looking at one or two areas specifically. You know, the attack, he's he's rotated his strikers. He's played Mitch Duke, who then got an injury. Uh, he played Kasuni Yangi for the game against Uzbekistan. And then last time out against Indonesia, he started with Bruno Fornaroli. Now, my personal opinion is that maybe Bruno suits the way that they try to play uh, a little bit better. Uh, and particularly so against South Korea, where they might need somebody uh, of Bruno's style to try and hold the ball up uh, to relieve some pressure on occasions. But he's got three good options there. So that, that's certainly one area of the park that uh, you know he might be looking at. Craig Goodwin had a very good cameo off the bench late on against Indonesia with a goal and an assist. Uh, I think he was only on the pitch for about 10 minutes. So you know, he's pushing to get his starting spot back on the left-hand side as well. But uh, I, I don't think you'll see wholesale changes. Uh, Arnie doesn't tend to do that. Uh, they'll be more piecemeal. Simon, changing to the EPL, Liverpool won again this morning. They're five points clear. Obviously, played one more game than, than Man City. But Tottenham, fourth on goal difference away Ange. from Aston Villa. Ange has done an amazing job. Everyone's second team now seems to be Tottenham. What are your thoughts on the EPL and on what Ange has done at Tottenham? Well, as a Man City fan, they're certainly not my second team. <laughs> yeah, uh, understood, <laughs> understood. Uh, yeah, look, he's, he's done a great job and... Um, you know, obviously people got a little bit carried away at the start of the season when they, when they were top of the league after six or seven games. Uh, you know, it was always going to be a long campaign, particularly with two major tournaments in the middle. 
for which he's lost a lot of players. You know, Son Chung Min, as we've already mentioned, is out here at the Asian Cup. He's got a couple of others at the African Cup of Nations as well. He's had injuries and suspensions. Uh, so they had a bit of a, a dip in form. And, you know, it's unfortunate they, they went out of the FA Cup as well. Uh, because I'm sure Ange would have loved to have won a trophy. Now, he did joke during the week when somebody said, it looks like you're not going to win a trophy this year. And he said, well, you're ruling us out of the Premier League, are you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't see them winning the Premier League, to be honest. I just don't think they've got the depth as yet mm. uh, to challenge the likes of Manchester City and Liverpool. But uh, if they finish top four, get in the Champions League, you know that, that will be a very, very good start to his career in England. Yes. Simon, we appreciate you joining us on the Rush Hour and the Socceroos, of course, take on South Korea live from 2.30am this Saturday the 3rd on 10, 10 Play and Paramount Plus. Really appreciate it, mate. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Good Thanks, mate, We're not here tomorrow. We've got the cricket on oh, the West no. Indies, so a long weekend for us, but look forward to seeing everyone on yep. Monday. Have a good one, big fella. Have a great mate, Monday, Good mate. luck with the Powerball, mate. I'll see yeah. the cricket on Sunday and the Sail GP tomorrow night. I look can't wait. Look forward to it, big good. fella. Look, yeah. look after each other, everyone. Bye-bye. See the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Weekdays from 4 on Triple M.